Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. In this weekly show, the Husker Online team will give you the latest insight on Husker football, basketball, baseball, and of course, recruiting. Now, here's your host, Husker Online publisher, Sean Callahan. Hello here and welcome again to another edition of the Husker Online show. Sean Callahan, Steve Sippel, Robin Washhead. We are in it, boys. The dog days of fall camp. Guys are getting sore. It's the time of fall camp where everybody like freaks out because players aren't practicing. And, and you know, simple. We, we talked about this off air. Um, we've been covered a lot of fall camps, and usually by about the midpoint of week two ish, around now, mm-hmm. guys are sore, hamstrings, sprains, just minor stuff. But it kind of leads to a little bit of a freak out, like, oh no, what's going to happen? And you know, we're at that point. I mean, Teddy Prohaska, we know, is out with a, a what's called a tweak. We, I would assume it's a knee, but I don't. We don't know that. Matt Rule has not confirmed that. Um, Xavier Betts not at practice. We don't know what he's out with. Malachi Coleman not at practice. Marcus Washington um, comes back after his cast off his hand. Um, then he falls down on his leg funny. He's on crutches. So you've got a lot of those going on. And by the way, Eric Gilbert not practicing, no update on his waiver. So I think that's kind of where we're at right now um, is can they get through this back part of camp uh, and get this football team ready to play on August 31st? Yeah, the receiver position is something to look at. I mean, it, you you hope that when we go over Saturday and Matt Rule addresses us again, right, that he says, yeah, Cole, Coleman, Mal- Malachi Coleman and Xavier Betts are back and that Washington's full go, ready to go. And that's what you hope. And you don't want that receiver position. You don't want that, those injuries at the receiver position to drag on. Because let's face it, Washington and Betts are two of your top four. Correct. Almost for almost in any scenario. Coleman, not, not as much. Um, probably has a little ways to go based on what I'm hearing. Now, one thing I would say, Sean, I still consider this kind of early in camp. I don't know that the dog days are about the 12th through the 15th. Well, they'll move out of the dorms on Saturday. So, like, they're, they're I mean, they're on the back stretch of the dorm line. Oh, that's a, that's a good point. And I'll tell you something. That's, that's when that move really looks good, Rob and Sean, because that'll give, in a sense, it'll energize the kids. <laughs> You know, it will. It'll give them some energy as they go into what I would say are the dog days. It'll it'll energize them going into the, okay, we're going home to sleep on our own beds. We got our dogs. We got our girlfriends. All that, right? Mm-hmm. So that, that move will look even, I think, better next week yeah. when they're out. I think the concerns, though, are wide receiver was already maybe the biggest question on the offense, just in terms of personnel. And now you got a bunch of guys that aren't even practicing right now where we – for. several practices and so that I think leads to some concern just because you got a lot of young guys that you want to see get reps that aren't out there and then Marcus Washington was supposed to be one of your uh known commodities absolutely and he's suffered two injuries already so you have Billy Kemp and then what else so that's that's I think where that concern comes from and then you know you look at some other spots like you know the the offensive line with not just Prohaska but uh, Nuruddin Willie. Uh, missing some time. Um, you know, he had the green jersey on when we saw him on Tuesday. Doesn't seem like it's anything serious. But again, it's positions that were probably some of the, the, the bigger concerns going into camp where guys that you were counting on aren't practicing. And so I think that's where kind of the here we go again mentality for Nebraska fans start to set in. <laughs> you, but you have to, you know what, Sean and Rob, the good teams have depth. And you can't, yeah. you can't when a couple starters go down, as Sean says, freak out. The one thing I would add to this is Neweely's injury is big. I talked to a veteran coach who still practice observer who believes that Neweely is their best lineman. Hmm. Now you don't hear that all the time, but that that's a big that was a big loss last year. He's in him, the concussion jersey though. I don't think he's out. That's with just like a concussion. 
Yeah, like yeah, when he you wasn't were, in the yellow. When you're wearing the green, you're concussion typically. No okay. non-contact. I think he's okay. Yeah, no, it's and Lutoski had been working in his spot, um, who's been a starter. Like Matt Rule made an interesting comment. He said, "We just need seven. and when that whole group is healthy, they have seven. Corcoran, Ben Hart, um, Teddy Teddy Prohaska, Piper, Latoski, Ben Scott, New Willie. That's the seven. Yeah, that's but a pretty good seven. If you take out one or two of those seven, then you're getting down to a lot of unknowns. <laughs> listen to us, though. I got to listen to myself sometimes. I said that's a pretty good seven. I would. It's come on. We're, it's still the biggest question mark on offense. Now I know what you said about receiver Rob, but I'm I'm I just can't say that. That the, I I'm still no, saying offensive the offense clearly. Yeah, that's the biggest on question. the team. Yeah, on the entire team. Yeah. Now we now, I guess the best way to put it, Sean, is those seven give you the best chance to be good. Um, we'll see what it looks like. I I would think they're going to be all right. And how about um back to the camp layout? Just the mental kind of moves by Matt Rule, like practicing at night on Wednesday, then afternoon, Thursday, Smart. just to, to create mental breaks, physical yeah. breaks. Recovery. Um, and, and then they, they took him to the soccer game. I, I, we were talking about this off air. <laughs> Can you, I just can't imagine like any other coach like saying, all right, boys, load up the bus. We're going to the soccer. I mean, Riley, right. They didn't do it though. They didn't do it, but uh, I would say I mean, Riley would do that. There's this, this has been as different of a camp as I can remember between the two practices to yeah. start it off living in the dorms, you know, the, the TV yeah. show, the yeah. water balloon fights, the pranks. Yeah. I mean, going to the soccer game. I mean, it's totally a different version of Nebraska than we've seen. And that's what you would expect when you when you make a change like this. And Matt Rule kind of wiped the slate clean. I mean, he's brought in completely new people, obviously, all the way around him. I think one of the reasons they can do stuff like that, like get away from football, is because how much they maximize their practice time. Oh, yeah. Like, you, it's, you just... We're there for 20, 30 minutes, but you just see how efficiently everything is. Like, there's a zero wasted second from when we're there. I remember I, I put this in the weekly uh, RSS chat this week where I was standing kind of by the in between the indoor fields and the outdoor fields, and they switch, the period ended, and there's the walkie talkies going on with all the GAs and equipment managers and all that stuff. And one of the kids was like, 906. And I looked at my clock, it was 906 on the dot. So that means they're charting every minute of practice and making sure they know when a, a period oh, yeah. starts and when it ends. And so there's, there's no waiting around. No. And, the, and they have an and intercom where they announce over huge speakers. It's like where they yell out what, what the drill is. It's not coaches yelling. There's literally a speaker. So everyone hears it. Like right. there's no wasted time there. The, and the old, the old hats, the former coaches from the nineties are giddy right now because finally there's a coach in here. That is, the no, the players are not standing around. Mm -hmm. How many? I, I can't tell you how many times I had one of the old coaching staff or a former player, over the years, say to me, "God, there's so many guys standing around over there." I mean, you'd go back to the Bo era for sure, Sean. I think you'd go back to the Callahan era, and guys would Frost era for sure, where guys would say, "Except there's just old coaches, former players." would say, Sip, there's just too many guys standing around. They don't listen to Osborne. For some reason, Scott didn't listen to Osborne. I, I have no idea why. Because it's a lot of work. Rule, it takes a lot of work to manage that many guys. Right. Rule listened. And they there's no there's very few guys standing around at practice now. We have to make that very clear because we've I've criticized coaches for it. Can't criticize Rule. He's He's got guys working, all the guys working. I mean, just to – think about all your players too it just takes a lot of thought i mean just think about on our day-to-day -day basis you know if i told you you need to manage an additional 15 or 20 riders that aren't at your level steve sipple but well, I, yeah, I need you to find that by the way <laughs> I, 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 you're not going to find that but but you need to go out and, and take Yo, care man. of and manage and make sure right. that these guys are are you know getting the proper training and reps oh it'd be a, it's, it's a lot of work it's a lot of work but they but not, but here's the thing though as you guys know, there's a ton of staff over there. Mm -hmm. I mean, back in the '90s, guys, they had two GAs. That was that was the extra staff. Okay, <laughs> now you go over there. There are guys I still have no I, earthly idea who they are. 
When right. it, <laughs> I have no earthly The idea. updated budget just came out yeah. for like the upcoming year on the UNL records. And the amount of people that aren't coaches that make between 50 and 150,000. I mean, it's just like, it's like this 20 inch list of names. Right. <laughs> and I was like, whoa. I mean, I mean it's, just, it's, it's crazy. That's mm-hmm. so, but that's, see, that's now, Big Ten. I don't want to branch off, but I guarantee you won't find that list at Toledo. Mm-hmm. You won't find that list at San Jose State. Stanford. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe, I mean, maybe not. I don't know, but I, that's where the inequity. There's a lot in. There's some inequity there. But anyway, yeah. It they they do have a ton of staff to help. It helps. All right. When we come back, we're going to delve into more specific offensive storylines here in week two during fall camp. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Steve Sipple, Robin Washett, working our way through the start of fall camp. But before I get to that, this show and segment is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sometimes in life we're faced with tough choices and the path forward isn't always clear. It's busy for all of us right now. you got kids going back to school, activities going on. Uh, the list goes on and on. And whether you're just dealing with decisions around your career, relationships, or anything else, therapy helps you stay connected to what you really want to navigate through your life. So you can move forward with confidence and excitement. Trusting yourself to make decisions that align with your values is like anything. The more you practice it, the easier it gets. Um, right now, I'm trying to get through my book right now. I got a lot on my mind. I got soccer practice, things going on. So uh, you, you can always use somebody that you want to talk to. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists for any time for no additional charge. Let therapy be your your map with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Husker to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash Husker. Again, this episode and segment of the Husker Online Show brought to you by BetterHelp. Gentlemen, let, let's talk offensive storylines. Let's talk quarterbacks for Nebraska. Um, you know, you, you look at where fall camp's at right now. We obviously know Jeff Sims is there, but you got the feel this week from Matt Rule that maybe – Chubba Purdy has kind of asserted himself in that number two job. Well, I mean, that's he says he's made huge strides. He says he's not as antsy. His, you know, his feet are calmer. Um, I mean, the fact that he's made giant strides is big. He didn't. I would say this about Chubba last season. I think you guys would agree. I didn't think he looked comfortable. No. I just didn't think he looked comfortable. Now, if he if the game's slowing down for him. And he's he isn't as antsy now. That's that's again that's rules word rule use the word antsy. Um, if that's true, that helps. That's, that's it's a huge part of this this overall how's Nebraska going to be discussion. Is that if they if they if they have a quality backup, that soothes a lot of nerves. Right, and we've talked a lot about it. Just the fact that the backup quarterback has been almost as critical as anyone on the team over the last few years, given how much they've <laughs> Nebraska's had to rely on them. So having someone that not only they can play in there, but they're confident in, you know, I think that's uh, a lot to be said for that. So, you know, with, with Chubba, he's a, still a young quarterback. That's what you got to keep in mind when evaluating him Pretty last young. year. He got thrown in the fire, you know, and Casey Thompson was the guy, and all of a sudden he goes out. And so they threw Chubba in the, into the wolves a little bit, and he wasn't ready. And so – He's got another offseason under his belt. You know, he's, he's got an offense that might be a little bit more uh, complimentary to the quarterback and, and run a, a system that's going to protect him a little bit. And with things slowing down, maybe this is the time where he makes that jump to the player that um, he was projected to be coming out of high school. Sean, when, when Robin says, and I think I know where you're going, run a system that's a little more 
quarterback friendly, protects the quarterback. What are we talking about? I think balance, proper yes. balance. Run the ball. Disguise. I mean, I think with Whipple, it became very predictable what was going to happen, how they were going to run, when they were going to run, especially when Frost got fired. They, they, they eliminated a lot of those zone read concepts that maybe gave you a little bit more. And you could always tell Frost wanted to do those things with Casey Thompson, even though that really wasn't a strong suit, but he needed it to kind of give the offense the balance. And then once Frost was gone, Whipple threw all that out the window. Um, and, and, and they kind of went to more what he wanted to do. And it produced some home runs with Trey Palmer, but it didn't have the the right balance to win in this league. Running the ball. So legit play action, for instance. Like legit play action. Like situational execution of football. Like yeah. when you're okay. second and two, exactly. can you run and get two yards? You're not trying to get a home run to Trey Palmer for 70. Can you line up and get two yards when they know you're going to do it and we know we're going to do it, but can your men beat their men and out-execute them to yeah. get two yards? And facing yeah. second and six as opposed to second and 11. It's, I'll tell you what, though. It's way easier said than of done. Of course. No, I know. And that I mean, in Nebraska had that at the beginning of the Big Ten. I mean, they had some great running backs. If you think about when they started this conference, they had Rex Burkhead, Amir Abdullah. Um, they had some really, really good – Roy Hallou was not in the Big Ten, but they had Roy Hallou in, tw- in 2010. Um, and, you know, you had guys like Tommy and, and, and Taylor Martinez. Who was up front? Well, Searles, Quali. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, Andrew Rodriguez. I mean, like Spencer right now – I mean, I'm, Andrew Rodriguez, when he was engaged in playing ball, like way better, way Army better, All-American. way better player than what they have right now. Ooh, yes, absolutely. I'd have to he was all that. Big Ten. Andrew, what's Rodriguez? He was one year he received All Conference honors. Okay. Ooh, d- ooh what, what are you going to tell me? The guys that they have out on the field have been better at that level. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm interested that you. You pick. I, I mean, I'm just throwing out names like yeah. <laughs> DJ Jones. I mean, you think about yeah. some of the guys that like locally that have played. Like they, they just haven't been able to develop and produce. Right. I mean, you like Brett Qualley would be like Dave Remington right now. <laughs> That's. I mean, Qualley was good. I know, but <laughs> Qualley had a hard time getting in the starting lineup though. Mm-hmm. But once he did, it was like where? Wh- wh- why? Wh- what was the wait for this? He played a long time in the NFL. Yeah, he, did. Well, mm-hmm. he beat out that um, Moore, Tyler Moore. Yeah. And then Tyler Moore transferred. Remember that? Yep. Yeah. I think Quali had a class conflict, and I honestly think that held him back a little bit. He, he was still like a two-plus-year starter. Okay. God, Rodriguez was all Big Ten, and I totally I, I, Okay, now. <laughs> I hope to God check. he was for your sake, Sean. <laughs> um, but I think the, the anyway. point is that they had the offensive lines. Like they we they just were listed better. a handful of guys that you would start right now. Yeah, I would – I would. There's no doubt in my mind they were better up front back then. But they weren't – I mean, if you remember, Amir made a lot on his own. He was honorable mention. Okay. Did you just call him Amir? It's a little different than first team all Big Ten. <laughs> I, I would have remembered that. He wasn't first team. I mean, right. second, third – I mean, yeah. they don't have guys getting second or third team right now. No. no. I mean, first team, you're all American. You're getting drafted, and you're, at, you're, you're like day two of the draft. Yeah. Like they haven't. Oh, I got you. They got to get better up front. I mean, if you're a first team all Big Ten O lineman, D lineman. God, I got to think Teddy's as, can be as good as Rodriguez. The thing is, with the Big Ten offensive lines, if you're honorable mention, you're pretty good. So I would take that. <laughs> I in talked a to, This is a sidelight, but I this is this this waylaid me last night for about two hours. <laughs> I was talking to one of uh, Prohaska's friends. Uh, he's a grown man, but he's a friend of the family. And he said, Sipple, I think he's almost seven foot. They list him at 6'11 now, right? Or 6'10? Seven foot. (laughs) That threw me for a big loop. (laughs) You don't see much. You don't. uh, Have you ever seen on a roster, a football roster, seven foot? Never. I don't think I've ever seen that. The thing about Teddy is when he was like 250, 260. You know, he, he went to the rivals camps back then and, and he moved at an elite level. Are they listening to six eleven now? Six ten for sure. Yeah, six ten. Um he moved at an elite level. Oh yeah, he and looks good. As he's added weight though, and then gone through different injuries, he ha- obviously it's harder to move at that size and it's been a, I mean, that's a lot of weight. You think about where he's he's probably added seventy, eighty pounds to his body. Yeah. Six ten, three twenty five is what they list him okay. at right now. So I wonder I hope I mean, I almost hope it's not true that he's trending towards seven yeah, foot. Yeah, if he's not done growing. 
discs. Come on, Seven man. foot <laughs> left tackle, Teddy Prohaska. Fred needs to make some phone calls. Well, and playing for Nebraska means so much to Teddy. Like, you hope that guy. It does. Like, it I does. mean, he is a great ambassador for the school and the program, and you, you just hope he can get it going. Cause his brother would like to play here. His brother's going to Northwest Missouri State, committed yeah. there. Yeah, he would have liked to play here, I'll tell you that. As a walk-on, even. Yeah. So, yeah, Teddy Prohaska, Nuri Nuelli, waiting on those situations. Uh, we come back. We're going to switch the conversation to defensive fall camp storylines. You're listening here to the Husker Line Show. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show with Sean Callahan, Steve Sipple, Robin Washett as uh, working our way through fall camp. Uh, let's shift the conversation, gentlemen, over to defensive storylines. And I want to start on the back end of the defense um, because I think a lot has moved, at least from where we thought things were back in July. Miles Farmer, gone. Um, don't really know. You know, you kind of – Marquise Buford, not practicing. I mean, those were two at least perceived starters by just the rank-and-file average Nebraska fan. They're gone. Um, but I think when you look at it now, two things have kind of emerged in camp. Isaac Gifford is a dude. They like Isaac Gifford. He's having a great camp. And then Tommy Hill. I think he's kind of made – he's kind of the comeback story of the, of the team. You think about where he was. I mean, this is a guy that – I mean, it was almost like he was run off and they moved him to receiver. Yeah. Just kind of as a gimmick. Exactly. I mean, Travis Fisher and him, whatever happened there, it didn't, it didn't end well. And he moved over to receiver with Mickey – and it just, and then now, now he's back. He's back, and it's interesting though. Our our um, message board guys are smart, and somebody asked the question. So where is Hill playing? I can't say that I know. Corner. Is he definitely corner? Yeah. Okay. That's what uh, Malcolm Hartsock said. Okay. okay. Earlier this week. So I okay. Thank you, Rob. First guy I mentioned. So opposite Newsom. Newsom, Hartsog, and Hartsog's Hill. playing primarily safety right now. He's still going both ways. But as of earlier this week, he said Malcolm Hartzog said he was working more at safety. Isn't it funny, though, like every guy goes out of their way to not tell you how and where they're playing on that back end. It's like everybody plays plays all positions. Cross train. Like Malcolm, I mean, like, and that's obviously probably true, uh, but you can't really get, other than Quentin Newsom's a corner. I, I, you know, I, I think. Beyond that, it's you know, and Isaac Gifford's a safety. Mm-hmm. Are you telling me that Hill could be a starting corner? It would not surprise. That's me. what he was last year. I, well, for he's four a, games, he, yeah, he was a game one starter, and obviously played his way out of that role. But you just pair all the praise that's going out to Tommy Hill right now. Like coaches, teammates alike are calling him not just a, a good player, but like one of the leaders of the team, and like one of the the, yeah, the, the bigger the bigger vo- voices yeah. of the secondary. Yeah, rule. You know, Rule, interestingly, went through what he called the guys who regulate the temperature. Mm-hmm. He named in, Tommy Hill. In the locker room. And there's only five or five guys. And Hill was Tommy Hill was one of them. That's, so we were asked in the chat, like, what's the big surprise on defense? It's Tommy Hill. Yeah. Like, I, I wrote him off. I thought, <laughs> I thought he'd never play it down here again. And now all of a sudden we're talking about him as a potential starting uh, yeah. cornerback. Yeah, well, I think a lot of people did – write him off. I don't know that I completely write him off, but yeah, he's a surprise. I mean, remember against Georgia Southern last year, that, I thought that was the tipping point. It was not good. Because they, they were just going at Tom. Yeah. Like I said, he played his way out of that starting yeah. turn. Well, and then whatever happened behind the curtain with him and Travis Fisher and the previous staff, you know, he went, I mean, I don't know if he got emotional and upset. Something happened last year where then all of a sudden he was no longer a DB. I used to remember we were in Rutgers we were at Rutgers for that trip, which incredible. The trip, trip. of the Neeson Titan And, and there he was truck. warming up. <laughs> he was warming up with the receivers. Uh, yep. <laughs> it was like, wow. Yeah, he got, he got not only lost his job, he's, he's working with another group. Yeah. <laughs> Remember Trev was playing catch on the sidelines pregame, like running routes? <laughs> that was a fun. 
And then you it's have not like, what I remember most. Well, the barstool sports guys were doing their show. It was an interesting trip, and, and the truck ran all day. Yeah, yeah, the truck. The truck is what I remember most. But anyway, as far as Gifford goes, I I can't. Come on, guys, did we see this coming? That Gifford not to this level in practice seven. After practice seven, Rule would be talking about Isaac Gifford like that. That he as the he, alpha. That of the he secondary? controls the secondary. Yes. That he's taken charge of that group. Would we have said that? No. I always knew he was a good athlete, yeah. though, and I I just felt like in the previous staff, like he was a tweener, meaning they didn't know if he was a linebacker, they didn't know if he was a safety. Right. But I always can remember talking to his father Sam about basketball and how Isaac could literally like block shots on the top of the backboard. I mean, he was just a freak athlete. Like with all these great basketball players, he could run and. And you knew the athletic ability was there. I just think nobody wanted to commit to what he was. And Frost's staff offered him kind of a kind of a half-ass gray shirt. And yeah, the, yeah, the, gray the, shirt. But then they screwed it up. Like what they did wasn't even legal. So like they had to put him on scholarship. Like breaking news. Well, no. Like I, I think they they tried to kind of like skirt around it where. He wasn't going to count towards a number, but then the way he ended up coming in, he was going to count. So then they just put him on and they had one that opened. Uh, but initially he kind of came in as a walk on for uh, some, at least a semester. Well, and they listen, this is big. I mean, they found it. They found one of their main safeties, the guy who, who again, rule says he controls the secondary. He's a dude. He's, you know, he's all in the family loves the, the program. They would be here no matter who the coach was, probably. Great family. Yeah, great family. And, and you know, you, you use the word, that's, that's the best way to describe it. He's just a dude. He's just a tough, tough, rugged football player. And he'll anchor, he'll anchor the secondary. You know what I loved when talking about all his, the gains that he's made defensively? Somebody asked him, you know, what kind of roles he was going to take on special teams. And he kind of smirked. He was like, I'm always going to play special teams. Yep. I'm going to play on as many as I can. Yep. Like that, to me, is why he's in this position and why the staff loves him so much because yeah. he's the ultimate team guy. Yeah. By example, through his leadership and his voice, and then with his high-level play on the yep. field. I had somebody in our post-practice comments say, doesn't he remind you of Casey from Yellowstone? <laughs> yeah, God, he does. He does. Now it's, that you mention it, yeah. Like startling. Yeah, see if Megan can yeah. do a side by side of that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. John Dutton's um, younger son that was like in the in the military, yeah. and he's also a badass, by the way. Yeah, he does definitely remind me of him. Interesting. And he drives a pickup. Yep. Tough I kid. Drive, I, I saw Gifford driving a pickup over by uh, Mott's Lawn Two this summer. Oh, there he is. <laughs> Look at this. I mean, geez. pretty. Isaac, yeah. what are you doing? Isaac, Isaac. moon riding range. Yeah. I think he's got a young child. It's incredible. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah, like that could be your Halloween costume, Isaac. Yeah, if if yeah. you're looking for a good one, just that'd God, be a Megan, good one. You're, that's perfect. Yes. I wish, yeah, that's, that's Megan's perfect. on point yeah. behind the curtain. Look it's interesting, too. You look at <laughs> Reimer and Gifford could be two of the better guys on this defense. Both came as walk-ons mm -hmm. in Nebraska, essentially. Essentially, yeah. I mean. Right. Well, God, Reimer was a walk-on. Yeah. yeah, he was. Yeah. Reimer was a walk-on that quickly was given a scholarship. Okay. And, and same with that's right, Isaac. Yeah, Reimer. Remember, Reimer made made like an impression immediately mm -hmm. on the staff. Like mm -hmm. it was. Remember Barrett? Like right away. Like yeah, Reimer's gonna be a player. Well, in 2019 out at Maryland, like it was almost freaky how good he looked when he came in the game late. I mean, it's like wait a minute, this guy looks better. Then. The first game of the pandemic, 2020, out at Northwestern. Mm -hmm. He was a bully. He was a stud. He was so quick. I mean, he was so much quicker to the ball than just about anybody. Yeah, so, you know, now he's, now he's, now he's going to be one of the top three tacklers all time in program history. But, yeah, those two guys are, are critical. Two Lincoln – I mean, I'd say two Lincoln kids. I know Reimer was a Kansas guy for a while, but two, that's two Lincoln, two Lincoln public school Two LPS, LPS products. Yep. Robin. That's right. Hey. Like Rob. We're doing something right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. When we come back, uh, we're going to take questions in the mailbag next. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. 
It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the Husker Online show. Sean Callahan, Steve Sipple, Robin Washett. We'll bring in Abby Barmore uh, to start the mailbag. But before we get to that, Steve Sipple, the mailbag brought to you by... Larson Motors, you could drive to... Nebraska City and listen to our podcast while you're doing this. If you're looking for a new vehicle, go for a new experience, perhaps, at Larson Motors in Nebraska City. Larson Motors is one of the Midwest's only dealerships with all the major brands in one spot. Finding your Chevrolet, GMC, Hummer, Ford, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, or Ram has never been easier. So maybe start your experience today at LarsonMotorGroup.com or at Larson Motors in Nebraska City. Right down the highway from Lincoln, Larson Motors, real people, real deals. All right, time for the mailbag, Abby. Where are we starting off? Okay, what are your thoughts on how the conference realignment will affect bowl games? Um, Jeez, Sean. Commissioner Callahan. That's right. So the big questions are... The Alamo Bowl, and I thought about you on this one. The Sun Bowl, El Paso. Steve, by the way, Steve Sipple fantasizes over trips to places. Like I was yeah. devastated when Alex Henry made that fifty-seven yard. Awesome. They weren't going. If if, if 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 he misses that kick, they're going to El Paso. Can you imagine the level of El Toro Mexican restaurants? <laughs> I can imagine. In El Paso, the mezcalitas would be flowing. They would. Why? Well, I, 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 okay. <laughs> I don't know how deep I want to get in this story, but I heard stories back in the day, like when you would get your media credential <laughs> at, the, at the Sun Bowl, they would give you like shots of tequila at, <laughs> oh, at check-in. Oh, Rob wouldn't have liked well, that cool. at all. No, I would, I would walk away. And now this is back in like the <laughs> early 80s, but somebody said that there were even like professionals working the lobby. Well, like, oh I, don't, I don't want to. I don't know I'm not going to do that stuff. <laughs> I was like, God, that's kind of bullshit. Why you think that would appeal to me? I don't know. But the. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Welcome to the Sun Bowl, Mr. Simple. <laughs> this will be our last episode. So. That's right. Um, let's let it fly now. Yeah, let's go. Why not? Um, but yeah, the Sun Bowl and then the Alamo Bowl. I, why, why are those on your mind? Well, because the Pac-12 is done. And the Pac-12 was a primary partner to the Alamo Bowl. I, I do think. The SEC is going to be in a good position for those Texas bowl games because of Arkansas, Texas, Texas yeah. A&M, and Oklahoma. Those bowl games are going to know they'll get one of those teams. Okay. I still think the Big 12, 10 will get s- some of those games. But I, I have a hard time thinking – I mean, the, the, the Alamo Bowl is going to want the SEC if they can. Well, or could the Big 12 absorb one of those, the Sun Bowl? Well, the Big, the Big 12 – or the ACC is in the Sun Bowl. So the Big 12 could go to the Sun Bowl. Okay. That's um, right. The Sun Bowl still is aired on CBS. It's it's a it's the only like bowl game CBS airs. It's a they have the longest. It's a it's a, got a lot of tradition that mm-hmm. bowl game. I'm just glad somebody wondered about the bowls because it's like oh yeah they still play bowl games. Oh and the Holiday Bowl too. Yeah. I mean it wouldn't surprise me if the Holiday Bowl is back to the Big Ten. And, really? You know, we lost that one and. Robert and I had some good times at the Holiday Bowl. Spent a lot of time in San Diego. Missed the shuttle one year. Um, they told us the media shuttle to come back, and this was pre-Uber days. And Robert and I were sitting outside the stadium with Qualcomm. There was a domestic dispute going on about a block away, and the cops came. We're just sitting there watching, waiting, <laughs> and no one came. So finally, the director of the bowl game picked Robin and I up Bless and gave him. us a ride back. He left their like bowl staff party Wasn't the to mayor come pick available? us up in his own car. <laughs> <laughs> no, but Mark ne- it was Mark Neville. Mark Neville. Is that right? He what picked us up at like 2 in the morning what from Qualcomm Stadium. That is – say the fellow's name again. Mark, Mark Neville. Neville. Yeah, he Great deserves man. that. He deserves to have his name mentioned twice. <laughs> Three right. times. So What's next, Neville. Abby Barmore? Okay, our next one. Who do you think will earn the single-digit jerseys? Gifford's a pretty good bet. So, Sims, if yeah, he wants it. Kemp, uh, Newsom, uh, Sherman, Sherman. That's five. 
Is there going to be like a wild card? Is there going to be like a John Bullock guy that gets one of these? Alex like, Bullock. What, what, or, what about like a Tommy Hill? Tommy Hill. He's a, he's a zero. That was his number mm-hmm. last year. So here's my question. So for one, do we know what they're going to do with offensive linemen? I mean, like, do they just get like a little helmet sticker, yeah. single digit? Because by the rule, they can't, they can't be single digits, obviously. Like, what about if Nash Hutmacher's won? Yeah. <laughs> be kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. But would he take a single digit? Well, that's another thing. Would would like I'm, I said Gifford flippantly, but Isaac would he take one? That's what like and so like like Jeff, Jeff Sims has been like 14 for. A long time. He won't be 14 because Ramir's 14. What is he? Isn't he? I don't know. Isn't Ramir Johnson 14? I think they changed his number. They can't. They got like four 14s yeah, right okay. now. I know yeah, that. well, because of the no single digits, they've got a right, few. Right, right, right. So, yeah. So, anyway, that was just an example. They're, guys are pretty superstitious and, like, traditional about their numbers. True. Like, they're, they have the same number from, like, Pop Warner all the way like through Newsom their entire careers. Like, six back. Yeah. And so, like, are there guys that are going to want to change their numbers to be a single-digit guy, or they want to keep things going? So I, I wonder about that. Yeah, I, I'll tell you, this is a – I think the discussion is fascinating because there are people like me who I don't care what number I would have been. I, I just I, – just you give me a number. I don't care what it is. Like now, a, but there are guys who it is very important to them. Yeah. If you're a defensive back, you don't want to be, like – 47 or something like no, that. No, I don't. I that's John Bothers, though. That's a good number. Do you think Rule, though, is prepared for the amount of overanalyzing that's going to come out of this? I'm guessing <laughs> no. at Baylor and Temple when he did this. <laughs> he's not. He's not. Like, it didn't even, like, it, it didn't it, it was just like an update on the official website, and maybe somebody goes, oh, these are the new numbers. You know, here, I mean, there's going to be, like, special sections in the newspaper on it. Well, why has this guy got a single and not this guy? Yeah, I mean, it's right. going to be nuts. I mean, like, I don't know if Rule quite understands, like, the the overanalyzing that's going to come with this. He will very I think quickly. he's starting to get a pretty yeah, good idea. He's, he's learning very quickly about it. Uh, yeah, the fan day um, thing kind of upset him, you could mm-hmm. tell. I mean, he didn't, like, lose his cool around What's that? Where people identified the people that weren't at doing fan roster day. reports based off fan day attendance. I wasn't there, by the way. <laughs> All right, what's next? We got time for two more. Oh. Okay. Do the Huskers currently have a top fifty Big Ten player on their roster? And if so, who is it? Top fifty? Wait yep. a second. Fifty? Like overall? Yep. God, I, I would hope so. so. Yeah. Well, I don't Luke Reimer would be a top fifty. So you got what? Twenty-two guys plus specialists. So let's say like 26 take on all up. the All-Big Ten teams. They didn't have a single All-Big Ten player, so no. True. If you based off that, no. Well, what about second team? Yeah, top 50 would delve into the second, second. even. Uh, candidates. Sims has got to be one. I, I would think Kemp. that Kemp would be. And based on what we're hearing about Gifford, he's got he's to be entering that realm. I mean, listen, just put it this way. Rule said he's a multi-year NFL player. Here's the other part of if the discussion. He, if he keeps developing, multi-year. It, Sean, you said this in the chat, winning plays a huge yeah. part of that, too. Yeah, it does. Does a six- or seven-win team get more than one or two All-Big Ten players on, on any team? I don't know. No. But Very rarely. You have to be pretty darn good. Top 50 players. Now, think about Are we missing somebody? Are we missing anybody obvious? Like, Newsome. Um Newsom, you mentioned. Ben Scott. Oh, yeah. Ben Scott. Maybe. I mean, ben he's Scott. got a draft grade. Yeah. But think about just the linemen in the Big Ten right now. Who's he beating out? Hmm. Michigan's, like, entire starting five on the offensive line is all Big Ten. Well, he's a pro, though. I mean, he's a pro. But a lot of it, again, will come down to winning. If, you, if you're on a 5-7 and seven team. That's to, as to whether you'll be all Big Ten. This is just – just the, the beauty of this question is it doesn't matter. It's just do you, you have a top 50 guy. Right. I think you might have a couple. I think you might have a couple. All right, final question. Okay. Our last one. What is your favorite sporting event that you've ever attended? Oh, gosh. That's a big one. Yeah. Like covered or attended? Attended or both. Attended. You were there. Mine, I mean, are, this is kind of a random one, but I, I went to a Manny Pacquiao, um, Sean Mosley fight. That's right. You did. And in, in Vegas. In Vegas with Eric Winter, a former Rivals director, and he, he worked – had a relationship with the, the top rank, uh, Bob uh, Aram, or the guy that ran. Yeah, top. Bob Aram. So, and Bob Aram the, was the promoter. 
and I, I got in late, but they went to the weigh-in on Friday, and, and they met Bob Arum at dinner and talked to him and stuff. And But just going to that fight, seeing a true big Vegas fight was unlike anything I've ever seen in my life. The amount of celebrities and people just roam. Like, I was in the concession stand, and Tony Gonzalez was next to me buying something in line. I mean, mm-hmm. the NFL tight end. You know, you, in, all these people from the Philippines came out to watch Pacquiao. He was like the Husker football team for the Philippines. Like, mm. everybody travels to watch this guy. And, and that, that was so cool. I mean, I, I went to the rugby game in Aviva Stadium last year, too. Uh, but th- that Pacquiao fight, for me, was very unique and fun. You went to the rugby game? Yeah, with Casey Fritton. We went out there to when the He game. was the Nebraska diplomat, diplomat to Ireland. Sat on the, I sat mid-pitch. Mid <laughs> he was the Nebraska diplomat. I don't know how all this escapes me. He Rob went over there before Frost did. Well, Frost didn't know. Frost never went on the trip. I, <laughs> he like, went in place of Frost. Oh, this is your pre-trip. Yeah, yeah. the marketing trip. Oh, the, the marketing. This is, yeah, I was yeah. going to say. Did Sean rugby game when we were there? Fitzgerald's got to go over there, too. Yeah, he, okay, yeah, as you're on your ambassador trip. Yeah. Okay. I was I got a, I was the Nebraska rep. <laughs> Why? Well, I'm not surprised. Rob, what's your favorite? So hard. I mean, just from like a fan standpoint, probably like any of the Giants games I went to. The first Giants game I went to was in uh, Texas. And they won. It was awesome. Uh, then I went to a Giants home game several years ago when Nebraska played at Rutgers the first time. Uh, so that was cool. But like just from an experience standpoint, I still have to say no sit Sunday. I mean, just the, oh, yeah. the atmosphere oh, yeah. of that game was unlike anything I've ever experienced. It was intoxicating. It was. It was so intoxicating. There, there's really been nothing that has matched that from start to finish. It's a good one. I, I, don't, I just hesitate so much because I covered all those I mean, national championship games, big conference championship games. If I pick something outside the realm, you guys would just think I'm crazy. I mean, I used to love going to Twins games. Back when they had Rod Carew, I mean, this is not in the seventies. You were at the '94 Miami Orange Bowl, right? Um, no, that's I started in '95 full time. Okay, that would have been up there for me if I would have been at that game. <laughs> yeah, if you would have just been to, just to like go in there and see Nebraska with a bunch of like, I mean, their offensive line had like two eight man guys on it, and they beat just, Ray Lewis and Warren Sapp. If I'm just thinking of cool sporting memories, though, I guess one thing that comes to mind is when you when I go to these Minnesota Twin Twins games. There weren't many people in their old stadium where it's it's on the side of the Mall of America now. So you could go down close, and I would watch Rod Carew's at bats from, like, the first row behind home plate. And that freaked me out. I mean, it, I was like, man, like, look at That's Rod Carew, like, right in front of me. Um, that used to – for some reason, that sticks out. I did see Bob Gibson – now I was, like, five – pitch for St. Louis, but I remember, I remember it. I mean, it was Bob Gibson pitching for the Cardinals, throwing, you know, 99 miles an hour, but I just was, I can barely remember it. Barely. Yeah. This is one of those mailbag questions. I would come back. We're going to do a whole show on this next. Um, All right. Well, that wraps it up for the mailbag. When we come back, Abby's going to stay in the discussion. Rob as well. We're going to talk some volleyball and basketball headlines to close the show. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. Final segment here of the Husker Online show. Sean Callahan, Steve Sipple, Robin Washett, Abby Barmore. We're going to close up here. Uh, a lot still going on with basketball and volleyball practice in full swing as the Huskers get ready for volleyball day in Nebraska. Uh, let's start with you, Abby. Um, you've been around the volleyball team, the media day. You were in Chicago for Big Ten volleyball media days as well last week. You got to watch, uh, what, three hours of practice? Yeah, three hours of practice yesterday. Wow. And so I mean, <laughs> Tuesday. You've got a lot on your mind. Your wheels are spinning. I mean, if, if somebody's our show is listening right now, what are a couple things Husker fans should know about this team? 
I think the number one thing is going to be their settle their setter battle. Bergen Riley, she's a freshman going up against junior Kennedy or Kennedy does have some experience, but she blew out her knee in her senior year of high school and just hasn't really re recovered from that. Not totally. They say that she's healthy, but she did not practice yesterday in the afternoon. My hunch, I don't know for sure, but my hunch is that they just don't want her to overuse it. Five, hour, five hours of practice is a lot. So what we're really looking at here is consistency, which Kennedy has kind of struggled with in the past, but also Bergen, she has fresh eyes. She does a great job of running in offense. She had, you know, three hours of practice, just her running the offense yesterday. So I think durability is going to be in her core, but also like I talked to Kennedy earlier this week and she said that Bergen has a great serve. She wants to have Bergen serve. So I mean, right now, I think that Bergen has the edge on Kennedy, but I think it'll be a close battle. Um, what about Volleyball Day in Nebraska? I mean, we're getting closer to this monster day. I heard Trev and some other people say, like, they, they, they think the world record is attainable. Like, what can you tell us on this event and the day itself? I mean, it's a huge one. They've been talking about it forever and ever, and it feels like all we do is talk. But at Big Ten Media Days, that was a lot of the questions, is it national media? wanted to talk about that, how big it was for women's sports and just volleyball in general. But this is going to be a huge day. I think the hype is really, you know, ramping up. And, Sean, you saw some volleyball day in Nebraska shirts yesterday at Shields. So um, everyone's getting ready for it. But there's going to be a really big mental factor that this team has to go through, all the teams that play in there, because there could be 90,000 people in Memorial Stad Stadium, and that will be by far, far and away the most – fans that in biggest crowd that these players have seen it feels so like all we do is huge. talk that's for damn it's true sure. <laughs> isn't that our job into right <laughs> by the way abby you can get even a wayne state shirt they sold like specific shirts for each team at shields like a unk or wayne state is I, that right yeah so they, they were selling awesome. them all um so you know if you're a fan in, of those teams too that's kind of cool that Real shields cool. is carrying wayne state and carney gear and um, some of these other places. But, yeah, you'll have to get a T-shirt, Abby. There it is. Yeah, I'm in it. There's also one that has all four of the teams. So yeah, I can, think that would be that's fun. That's the more neutral. That's the one to get. The, that's the me. Switzerland media type shirt where you have to be a little bit more. <laughs> like, that's still the thing. red, though. People but... don't really get that, guys. Like, we can't wear gear. Like, when right. I go to events and do like, where's your red, Sean and Steve? <laughs> I mean, I, mean, I, I think people think like I'm supposed to roll in in like a full like mascot costume. Oh yeah, we had a yeah. publisher at the Journal Star that when they, when when Nebraska was gonna go play Penn State during the the big saga, and and it was they expected sort of rough maybe we'd have rough, there'd be rough treatment. <laughs> our uh, our publisher came to me and said we can limo you to the entrance mm. if you want. And I said, "Why? Well, I, I think we'll just blend in." And she goes, "Well, what do you mean? Won't you be wearing your red?" Oh, yeah. <laughs> I said, no, we won't be wearing red. By no, the way, won't. that was like the safest trip I've ever been on. I think it was pretty safe. I mean, there was nothing but Robin. Let, I, yeah, yeah, we better get to a um, lot going on on basketball. New roster edition, latest on Ulysses. Team back from Spain. Robin Washett, go. Okay, uh, we'll start with the addition. Jerron Boogie Coleman. He officially signed on Wednesday. Committed uh, earlier this week. So. Um, for the timing, for where we are on the calendar, for what was available for Nebraska realistically to get out of the transfer portal on August 6th, in my opinion, this is about as good as they possibly could have done. 6'5", uh, 210-pound, six-year senior. He's from Indianapolis, so he's got the, the, the Big Ten territory, who has 86 career starts under his belt, including 21 at the Power 5 level at Missouri two years ago. So uh, he was second team All-Mac at Ball State last year, um, led his team in three-point shooting each of the past two seasons. He led the team in uh, scoring and assists this past year. So a guy that kind of is one of those versatile big guards that Fred Hoiberg likes. He'll, pro he'll play primarily the point. I'd probably consider him more of a combo, but in this kind of positionless quote-unquote offense he'll do a little bit of both but um, again I think it's more out of when the news dropped that Aaron Eulis wasn't just caught up in the gambling investigation but the fact that he was facing criminal charges that changed the conversation very quickly and that broke about an hour before they tipped off for their second game in Spain so Nebraska staff went from 
hoping to add a guard, you know, just for, as a luxury for some more depth to needing to get a guard because they have no idea what Aaron Euless' situation is going to be long term. And to get a come away with that, doing 2 a.m. Zoom and phone calls Madrid time <laughs> to call him back in the States and be able to land a guy of Boogie Coleman's caliber. Like I said, tip Man. of the cap, because I don't know if they could have done much better. Um, with Aaron Euless, uh, again, it's kind of just to be determined at this point. Uh, it's going to depend on what comes out of that investigation, uh, where that charge comes from uh, operating a gambling account under a fake name. Uh, so there's just a lot of unknowns. But right now, it doesn't look good. Um, not not just for this season, but potentially the fact that he bet on an Iowa game, if there's anything more that comes out of Iowa football to clarify uh anything more that comes at that that ncaa rules say you lose your ncaa eligibility per the rest of your career so not like i said doesn't look good uh and that's why getting boogie coleman was so important and then finally real quick what robin spain trip in the books mm -hmm. they went undefeated but there's really not a lot probably you can walk away yeah it's hard to just because i mean they had nine players and Two, at least two starters weren't even with the team on the trip in Tominaga and Rink Mass. So, you know, you can find some some highlights here. You know, Bryce Williams had 28, 29 points against the best team they played on the trip. That, that Madrid All-Stars team beat Drake the day or two before, and Drake was an NCAA tournament team last year. And then they took Illinois. They were leading in the second half. Illinois had to mount a second-half comeback to beat them. So that's, I think, the ideal picture of what you're getting out of Bryce Williams. C.J. Wilcher had three straight good games. And for a guy whose career has been defined by inconsistency, yep. that was a huge positive. And then Cale Jacobson, the fact that you got a walk-on that can give you substantial minutes, like positive minutes, in the same way that Sam Hoiberg did a year ago, that was a real plus to come out of that trip. So they went 3-0. and The level of competition varied, but I think there was a lot of Good vibes, I think, coming out of that trip, especially capping it with getting Boogie Coleman. Yeah, All that right. sounds meaningful. Lots to keep up with uh, on the team, uh, not only basketball, volleyball, but uh, football. Make uh, Plenty of coverage this weekend from fall camp. Make sure you like, follow, subscribe to us here on the Husker Online YouTube page, anywhere you can find podcasts. And obviously, check out our real work at HuskerOnline.com. Thanks again for joining us this week on Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics.